Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook and hypercleanstore.com. Want to get started today talking a little car stuff. Uh, we, I'm starting to have some movement on some private sales stuff. And I want to walk you through something, a conversation that I had this week really quickly, and something that I think uh, is really important if you're going to start talking to customers, especially about buying collectible cars. And remember, collectible doesn't always mean super expensive. Could be a collectible at $30,000, could be a collectible at ten grand. could be a golf cart, could be whatever. Okay, it doesn't really matter. One of the things that we have to do is we got to normalize understanding that paperwork doesn't mean everything. Okay. So we have a 328 Ferrari that a customer of mine wants to purchase. It's a great daily driving Ferrari, put a lot of miles on it. It's pretty easy to work on. These are great cars to buy. They've gone up crazy in value. Well, we seemingly got all this paperwork that made it look like this car had had its major service. It had done this, it had done that. And I, I want to make something clear that sometimes that's exactly what happened. That's, that's exactly what took place is, is that somebody had the car serviced. Everybody did it right. The people that serviced it were educated, but I would say that's actually a pretty small chance. Most of the stuff is not serviced. Well, the paperwork is not accurate. The services aren't performed in an expert level. And so you have to operate that way. So I started talking to this client. He's really excited about this. It's, it's uh, in the Southeast. And he's like, I'm going to pull the trigger. I said, hey, we can order a PPI, pre-purchase inspection. And this is what this is about. Get a PPI on these cars. And I said, specifically, we want to make sure there's no rust on the body. But we also want to go through the engine and make sure the service was done to spec. Was this service really done? Do we see any electrical issues, which these are notorious for? Uh, but also, did they have the engine service and was the engine service done at a high level? Argued me, argued me, argued me. We finally end up ordering a PPI. We get the paperwork back. It's very detailed. And guess what? The service wasn't done. They had mocked up the paperwork. And so now we're still going through with the purchase. It's just the purchase is significantly less because this company, uh, the dealer, they have it on consignment. So the dealer and the owner and some mechanic shop that they do business with mocked up paperwork. We kind of have them over a barrel. We could really report, you know, some fraudulent stuff to the, the state of Florida and the, and the dealer license uh, people there. Nobody wants that. We got them over a barrel and guess what? This we're going to, we're, it's supposed to be, be being put on a truck here in the next 48 hours. We've completed the purchase for significantly less. And now all of a sudden the owner, we're going to bring it here. We're going to have it sent to, to, to a mechanic that we, that he trusts specifically, not just me. He trusts, we're going to have the major service done. We're going to still be well below the asking price. Originally, the purchase goes well, far too many times. And I've been guilty of this. So learn from my knuckleheaded mistakes. I think that, Hey man, everything's in line with this car and go ahead and we purchase it. And all of a sudden we have a headache. So now I'm much slower to purchase a car. I'm not so quick because nobody's really going to swoop in on most of the cars you want to buy. That'll happen during a boom. But right now we don't have a bunch of competition. Market has slowed down. 
order the pre-purchase inspection, the PPI, make sure you have them look at things that you specifically know on that specific car cost a lot of money to have done. Okay. If you buy a Porsche, an air-cooled Porsche, and you think, hey, we're five seconds away from having to do an engine out rebuild. And they're telling me they've had it done. I got to go check that it's been done. Right. So those types of things are things that I want to pass along as best I can order PPIs. There's plenty of companies out there doing it. There's plenty of reputable companies you can find online. I used somebody that I actually knew in the area on a personal level. It wasn't an actual company. It was a mechanic that I was familiar with that I know knows a lot about these vehicles. Uh, that's just a case of, you know, doing this for a long enough and having a big enough network. We got a very detailed report and we paid a pretty penny for it. You know, the PPI was very expensive on this car because of what we asked them to do. And it should be. We got a report to show that this didn't happen. We saved infinitely more money than what the PPI cost. So that's something I wanted to bring up today is don't be scared. And again, just if you're buying a used car for your 16-year-old daughter, uh, if you're buying a car, you're 23 years old, it's a big purchase for you. Spend the three, four, five hundred bucks to have that VW Golf looked at. Have an independent person look at it. It's not that big a deal. Order a PPI on every car that you purchase, especially in this, what you would call the private market. Okay. Some cars, like this one was at a dealership. It was a consignment, but we still had a PPI done and we have every right to have a PPI done. And if somebody denies you to have a PPI done, you need to walk away from the deal. Thought I would share that. I'm excited to actually get this Ferrari and I love driving these 328s. So want to share something that took place this week because I think it's it's been really important. I've had a really important week from the hyper clean side of things. For those who don't know, we had a huge product launch, Spray Coat. It was our biggest launch ever by a landslide. This is a product that I love for the convenience. It's a product that I think has broad implications to keep your wheels protected, as I said on, on Tuesday's episode, which I am always all for, because I think it's hard to tell me the wheel coating situation and how they stand up. If I can just apply something that protects my rims every time I, 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 I take care of my car, I wash my car, that, that's a win for me personally. So in the process of this, the product got into some people's hands and it got into people's hands that have tons of experience, that have mid-level experience and that have beginner level experience. And one of the things I've taken for granted is, is I kind of took for, have taken for granted that everybody knows the basics. And what I found this week through a specific situation of a guy that's getting 500,000 views on a TikTok video is he doesn't know the basics. We love this guy in our company. Nicest guy, love his attitude, works his ass off, like is the kind of guy we like to deal with. But I realized something watching, he sent us a video and said, hey, you know, how's this, this product really isn't doing this, or really isn't doing that. And what I realized is he's never been taught the basics. It's not his fault. Maybe some people are going to think it's his fault, but part of what I have to do as an owner, what you who are owners have to do is you have to take responsibility. One thing we haven't done at HyperClean, and I know for a fact the industry as a whole doesn't do, is talk about the basics. 
the reason he was having such an adverse effect with with spray coat wasn't because of spray coat because we had hundreds and hundreds of bottles out in the in the open at the launch and we've gotten nothing but good reviews back he was having a problem because he didn't understand he was on a severely contaminated paint system he doesn't know the basics and an exterior detail to me you know what the basics are it's not hard wash clay wax wash clay seal wash clay spray sealant wash clay paint protection he doesn't know to clay the vehicle when he sees that behavior and we get pretty much got confirmation that we were right and i had to step back and say how the hell did we get here meaning we hyperclean because i'm not going to put the blame on everyone else i know people listen to us talk sometimes about the industry and we we talk about the industry because we care about it and i care that this kid who's getting his career started, who's killing it on TikTok, doesn't know the basics. And that's a failure of our business. And that's a weak point that we got to make better. And so as soon as this happened, we didn't blame him. We didn't get mad. We said, okay, we've got this all wrong. We've got to go out and teach the basics. And then I started to think about how we've gotten here. Well, let's think about the training aspect of our industry the last five plus years. Hey, come to my coding training. Well, let me ask you a question. If you don't know how to wash clay and put on a paste wax evenly, which is, by the way, is a skill set. I know many of you don't think it is, but go try to put a really tough to use paste wax on evenly across the whole car. Many people by hand will not be able to do it. And when I think back to my career training my staff, I realized the people that actually took to coatings easiest and had no problems with the coating system started in this way, wash clay, paste wax, then wash clay, hand applied sealant. And then to apply a coating evenly is no big deal to them. It's actually the easiest one of the three. So to sit here and say, well, nobody used paste wax anymore. I never said anything about use it or don't not teaching the beginning basics is putting people behind the eight ball and is getting people out in the streets detailing customers' cars for two, 300 bucks, and they don't know to clay a contaminated vehicle. Now, here's the opposite side of it. Talk to a detailer who's been involved in some trainings because uh, I had some questions, and he knows who he is. I know he listens. I, I really appreciated this conversation because he said to me, I said, hey, man, do you see this stuff in training? He's like, yeah. You know, we've, we've had people in for polishing training that don't know how to hold a polisher, don't have a clue. Thought they did, they didn't. We had to back up the training and we had to go back to the basics. So no, he wasn't that surprised. We got to understand that we're starting people in the middle to the end of the book. And because they aren't starting at the beginning, we're hurting everybody, customer, detailer, industry. Everybody loses when we don't understand the basics. But this detailer I spoke to about training then says to me, you know, there's one thing I want to let you know. What if this guy followed somebody on social media and he got all of his information from social media and that's why he's got the problems he's got? He's like, that happens a lot. 
What a great eye-opening conversation this was for me. I want to take you guys through a specific clay bar video from a very reputable detailer on, on YouTube, who is my friend from back in the day that I've known a lot of years, who does some of the highest quality work in the United States. Okay. Not a bum. Knows what he's doing. Great guy. Great detailer. Makes a YouTube video that says never clay a vehicle unless you're going to polish. It's an amazing thing to say. Got all these hyper cars behind them, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to leave your paint ugly and this and that and blah, blah, you know, goes on his spiel. So I see this video and I text him and I said, hey, I know you do business at this dealership down the street because I actually know the owners of the dealership group I grew up with, with uh, their daughter. If I text them and say, you guys polish every vehicle down there? Oh, no, 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 no. Ah. So let's say this guy who had a problem understanding contamination that we ran into this week had followed this really reputable detailer on YouTube and didn't know the backstory of why he was saying what he's saying. And the reason he said that on his channel is he's trying to get more hypercars into a shop. So he wants to look like he's on this elite level that we would never do that yet. Three miles down the street, he's doing it all day, every day on thousands of cars. But I'm a detailer, and I listen to that, and I go, man, this is a credible guy, which it is a credible guy. But you don't know the things behind the scenes. And so what happens is this guy from TikTok has a contaminated vehicle. He's followed this really reputable guy to get all of his beginner lessons. This guy says don't clay without polishing so what's he do he leaves all of his customers cars contaminated because i don't know how to polish we see the circle of life here so why not have this theory clay can mar the surface severely or it can barely mar the surface that's a technique issue also it's what contamination's on the vehicle to be fair heavy 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 contamination we may have to mar the surface a lot to get the contamination off. So understand that part of it. The vast majority of contamination does not reach that extreme level. We can, and we've done this test with know-it-alls that have tried to get hired in my business that say, oh, I'd never clay without polishing. I've clayed a black vehicle, told them to tell me where the marring is that I, I did, and they never were able to do it. That's number one. So your claying technique is going to dictate how much or how little marring happens on the surface. But let's all have some common sense about the subject. I'm not going to go as far as saying every time you clay, you got to polish a car because I live in the real world. But I will say this. Why don't we just agree on one thing? If you want to have paint in its most pristine condition, when you clay a car, you should polish it. That's if you want your car in the most pristine condition paint-wise as you can get. That is true. What can also be true is that there's a large number of people that care about their cars, that don't care about polishing, but would love to have their paint system protected so it looks good, it looks as shiny as it can, it's easier to clean up, 
and it doesn't start to heavily oxidize and look ugly in a couple years. Those two things can coexist. And so for those people who don't want to have their car polished, I'm supposed to leave their paint, according to a lot of people, leave their paint completely contaminated, therefore never actually correct, never actually protecting, excuse me, the paint system. How did we get here? Because we don't teach the basics. Wash, clay, and seal. Wash, clay, and wax. Wash, clay, and uno, our one-year ceramic. If you can't provide those services, you shouldn't hold a polisher. And when you hold a polisher for the first time, should you be sanding cars immediately? Or should you learn to do a really complete one-step, then learn how to properly two-step a car, then go into sanding? You see how the basics matter? The vast majority of people that start on a DA will never become as good at correcting pain as the guy that starts with a rotary. And you want to know why? It's because you learn to work the body lines a lot better. You your edge work is a lot more precise. You know how tools work. Rotary teaches you a lot. Now, I'm not some old school guy like, oh, rotary, rotary. You know, I'm in the road. I know everything because I can use a rotary. I'm just saying it prepares you to use the DA more effectively. But for five to 10 years in this business, guys were being told never use a, a rotary ever. Rotary's making a comeback now, but there was a long time that everyone was telling you to stop using a rotary. You were going to burn through the paint, burn through the center of the earth. I mean, it, it was a crazy mi minute in this business. But the basics of the rotary make you better with the DA. Just like if I learn to wash clay and, and, and hand apply a paste wax, Magically, I leave less high spots when I start in the coating part of my business. I have evidence of that. You want to know why? Because guys don't lay coating on too thick on the corners and too thick on the panel and then have to wipe. The guys that started in the paste wax part of the business, hand-applied sealants, magically do the best applications of coating. And so I look at the basics and I go, where did it go? Well, here's where it went. There was no money in teaching you the basics. But if I told you, you can charge $2,500 for a detail. If you come to my coding training, there's a lot of money in my pocket on the back of you. The basics went away. Because those guys didn't know there's seven figures a year in the basics. One of the biggest detailing companies, two of the biggest detailing companies in the entire United States do nothing but the basics. Very rarely pick up a polisher. Many of you wouldn't know those two businesses. Marty did a lot of content with one of the guys. I think he has 100 plus team members. Basically does the basics all day long. Hardly ever picks up massive polishing gigs. Does a bunch of basic work. Seven, eight figure business. The other one is picking up dealerships at like 20 a clip, probably has 250 plus dealerships under their watch now. They do nothing but the basics. But if you're going to do the basics, you got to learn how to do the basics well. And that's something that nobody wants to talk about. And so we have this kid trying to put protection over contamination and has no idea why the protection isn't acting properly. What a learning experience for me because I thought it was common knowledge. I really did. And that's my fault. 
And we took it internally this week at HyperClean and said, okay, we got to talk the basics. We got to produce content around the basics. We got to get back to the basics because we have a whole generation of people starting in this business that don't understand the clay bar. Now, mind you, I know a lot of 40 year olds in this business don't understand the clay bar, but that's neither here nor there. But I can watch somebody's content and they can be incredibly credible. One of the best in the business. But even their message has a slant to it. Two things can be true. If I want pristine paint, if I clay, I got to polish. If I just want to protect my car, I don't have to polish paint. But I can't put and expect protection to last on top of contamination. I got to get the paint to a state to accept the protection, be that a wax, a sealant, a spray coating, or a coating. We have gotten down such a road because so many people are talking that don't know exactly what they're talking about. Or they want to make you believe that you got to have some rigid ideology. Oh, if you're not going to sand a car, it's not even worth detailing. Those guys are living in mommy's house and, and telling you that they know the business. It's not, it's not happening. And that gets me to my last point today. Gets me to my last, I hate talking about this. Okay. By the way, the previous thing is a huge positive. I don't want anybody to take that as I think it's negative. We learned a lot this week. I learned a lot this week. This was an important week for us. This next thing I hate talking about, but it's got to be said because so many people won't say these things. I got a text late last night, about eight o'clock in my house. Somebody sent me an embarrassing post by a quote unquote business trainer with a couple of companies who got into business training. You can do the math. And it's trying to raise money for his SEMA trip. The person that contacted me is in the detailing business, but isn't a detailer and isn't a supply company like chemicals. They're in the film business. The film business has a really negative view of detailing. If you didn't know that, you know now. You want to know why? This kind of post, which happens all the time in our industry from quote unquote leaders and trainers and all these great people with all these different associations, right? So I get sent the post. And under there, it says these words, this is embarrassing. And you know what? They were right. They're a very successful rep. They're very successful at what they do. They're very professional. They're very on top of things. And this is why they judge our industry. This is why they disqualify a lot of you trying to get film from different companies. Because they don't believe in detailers. Don't believe me? That's your problem. That's the fact. As we look around, 
how these people are acting on social media is really none of my business. What you do on your own social media page doesn't matter to me. It's a free country. Do what you want. There is an exception, though. When you tell me you're a leader of this industry, when you're being propped up as somebody in, that's teaching people about this business, by the way, the two companies putting the business training together, neither one of those companies have any expertise in detailing. Let me make that clear. They make detailing products. One's a car wash company. The other one's a distributor of products. You go figure it out. But I want to make something clear. They've never worked in this business. They've worked in the products of this business, which is two different things. I own part of a, a product company now, and I own a detailing company. I run the product company vastly different than I run my detailing company. So the hilarity of these people telling me about this business is not lost on me since I have both angles of it. So I want to look around and I want to have this conversation from that angle. Okay, so those companies don't know anything about the business. They're going to go hire trainers. Perfect. It's all the same usual suspects, right? Cool with me. Until you use the word business, we're going to do business training. This guy is on the internet begging for money to pay for his SEMA trip. And he, you're being told that you need to learn business from him. This week I learned something. I'm not going to talk over people's heads because not everybody has 20 years in or 10 years in or five years in. Some of you are at the beginning of your careers. And at the beginning of your career, let me make something clear. If somebody is on the internet begging or talking about how much it costs to go to SEMA, don't ever listen to anybody who does that on social media or the people they're associated with ever again. Number one, if your business is operating profitably and you're making money the way I'm being told all these people are making money, SEMA is not a big cost. Trust me on that. I've been at a point in my career where I didn't have the money to attend trade shows. I couldn't afford the plane ticket. I couldn't afford the, the, the room or the passes. And so I didn't go. I didn't get on social media and beg people for money. It's embarrassing to me. It's embarrassing to the industry. Now, again, you do this on your own private page. And nobody cares. Except you're being held up as you're representing our business. That you're representing the things that we do. That you know this business. For all of you that talk certifications and talk about, we need to legitimize this business. Until you're going to root this stuff out. There is no fixing it. We're unwilling to say that. You can't have people on the internet begging for money and telling you they know how to make money in this business. Doesn't go together. Now, here's what I fully expected. Fully expected for me to get up this morning and, and see that post was taken off somebody's social media because that's what any good company that cares about what they're doing would say. Hey, man, you can't put this on there. 
you can't write this. If you have a problem with the forwarding to get to SEMA, we'll help you out. These two companies still on his social media. Let me give you how we operate at HyperClean or VR. You do something like that, it's a fireable offense. Because if you can't afford to go to SEMA, don't go to SEMA. But you're not going to embarrass everyone around. This is not a me a, a judgment on somebody as a person. This is me judging the business side of things. I don't know this guy at all. I've watched his social media post. I've been sent a social media post. And, and to be honest with you, within five seconds, I know he's somebody that I would never listen to about business. But there's many people getting their start that don't know where to look and don't know the red flags and don't know what's going on. And I'm here to tell you, you see somebody talking about raising money to get to SEMA, you should disqualify them from ever listening to them about business or the people that have hired them to quote unquote teach business or be a trainer should be disqualified from you doing business with them. And I mean that sincerely. One of the things I'm proudest of here at HyperClean is we've never given a piece of advice that would put anybody in a bad spot. Everybody that's learned from the HyperClean way is making more money today than they did yesterday. And it's not because we're the smartest guys on the block. It's because we have common sense. These are the things that work in the business. These are things that don't. Carry yourself professionally. Do things this way and you'll have success. We got distributors crushing it. We got detailers crushing it. And I'm hearing about shop closures. Heard about three more yesterday. Got a call from a CEO of a film company. They had one of their biggest clients go out of business yesterday. Matters who you listen to, because I know all the people that guy was associated with. Don't wish failure on anybody. You tell me you're a business trainer. You tell me your company's teaching the detailing business. And you go out and you embarrass the detailing business. It's worth talking about on this podcast. There's a lot of people with platforms that won't speak up about this stuff, who actively have told Marty and I behind the scenes they won't do it. I will. And this is nothing personal. It's business. And business... You embarrass the industry. You've embarrassed yourself. If you can't afford SEMA, guys, it's okay. I've been there. You'll catch it next year. Begging for money on your social media and companies you're associated with not getting rid of you or not telling you to take it down immediately tells you all you need to know. So if you're 22 saying, Nick, what do you mean? That's what I mean. You see that kind of stuff, you run the opposite direction. Those are not people to follow. I hate talking about this stuff, but I watch it week in and week out in this business and people are unwilling to tell exactly how things are. And I have no idea why, except they want to go to a certain party or they want to hang out, or maybe they want to get a gig they're not qualified for. Maybe that's the real answer there, folks. You got a lot of unqualified people kissing a lot of ass of other people that can give them a gig because they don't actually have the qualifications. And there's a lot of money in kissing ass in this business. It was an embarrassing post. 
There's a lot of bear, embarrassing things around SEMA. Let me, I'll, I'll talk about that next week because I'm sure I'll see a lot of it. But I'm here to tell you something, man. It's okay if you can't afford SEMA. We've all been at the beginning. We've all had a tough year. We've all been in a place. But to go on and beg for money and say, I need to pay for my SEMA trip and have reps from companies that we as detailers need to do need to look at us respectfully, this is why they don't. It has nothing to do with the training. It has nothing to do with the certification. It has everything to do with this kind of stuff that goes on every day in our business from, quote, unquote, the leaders, the guys that are giving the top training. It's embarrassing. And it costs you whether you believe it or not, because you have to prove yourself twice as much to these film companies a lot of times to get access. That's where I want to end today, folks. SEMA, next week, got a bunch of meetings lined up. I know a lot of you have reached out. If you're going to be in town, give me a shout. Let's meet up at SEMA. Everybody have a great weekend.